Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. There is a ton to talk about today. We will do so with the weekly prophet of woe and lamentation himself, Daniel Horowitz, coming up later in the show. We will begin our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold at the bottom of the hour. But because there is so much to get to today, let us not delay in getting to it. Here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the most important news you'll hear all week. A new study from Michigan State University published in the Biomed Central Infectious Diseases Journal claims as many as 278,000 people in the United States have died as a result of the COVID jabs as of December 2021. Of course, that number is higher now. The study interviewed nearly 3,000 people, about one in five of which reported knowing someone who'd suffered an adverse response to the vaccine. That data was then weighted and extrapolated to the entire vaccinated population to come up with that number. In completely unrelated news, the UK Daily Mail is reporting that in the seven days to January 13th of this month and year, there were nearly 3,000 more excess deaths than would normally be expected in the UK. Various ministers of parliament are now calling for an urgent investigation. In further completely unrelated news, here's MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, who caught a bad case of COVID. Got completely knocked down for a while. Yes, you did. Uh, uh, yeah, months. exactly. Well, I wouldn't say mine. You were knocked down for months. We found out we found out the boosters, the vaccines, they don't stop the disease, but they certainly do make a big impact. Instead of me being down for a month right. with fatigue, if I'd taken the booster, I would have probably sneezed and said, what was that? And kept going. Moving on, former Vice President Mike Pence, he of the permanently furrowed brow, was storing classified documents at his Indiana residence. Pence informed Congress he found documents bearing classified markings back in the early part of last week. On the matter of Joe Biden mishandling classified documents, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says he will not, in fact, get to the bottom of it. Well, let me just say this. I've known President Biden for a long time. I don't think there's I would be shocked if there's anything sinister here. Own in the Libs update, Senator Josh Hawley has introduced legislation that would ban lawmakers from trading stocks and profiting whilst in office. Hawley has dubbed the legislation the Pelosi Act. Actually, Own in the Libs, hopefully update. McCarthy has named the House Committee that will be investigating the weaponization of the intel community against the American people. Those members are Jim Jordan, who has a 94% liberty score, Daryl Issa, who's at 57, Thomas Massey at 96, Chris Stewart at 67, Elise Stefanik at 48, Mike Johnson at 74, Chip Roy at 100, Kelly Armstrong at 74, Greg Stubbe at 95, Dan Bishop at 100, Kat Kamek at 83, and Harriet Hegeman, who doesn't have a score. Bottom line is, of the 12-member committee, half have a liberty score of 83% or higher. The Department of Justice has launched an antitrust lawsuit aimed at Google, specifically their monopolistic hold on digital advertisements on the Internet. If the lawsuit goes through, it could bust up a huge portion of Google's stranglehold of the online marketing market. Millstone update the following video was shown to daycare owners in North Carolina. Today, I wanted to introduce you to a new friend in our class. Well, this, Huckleberries, is my friend Nash. And the friend likes to ask the question, are you a boy or a girl? And Nash answers, I'm just a kid. But a kid. 
But kids can be boys or girls. They can be boys or, or girls. Or yeah. Or maybe non-binary. Yeah. It was just like non-binary, yeah. yeah. That's just something that we know. And <laughs> this is something, I mean, it's like, they're four and five years old and they just didn't make a big deal out of being a boy or a girl. And I think it was a huge testament to how much we've been talking about it in the classroom that you never mentioned the term non-binary. It was yeah. a child who brought that up because it's constantly in conversation. Yeah, just like me. So Nash, just like me, is non-binary. So they aren't sure if they're a boy or a girl. So when people ask them, are you a boy or a girl? Right now, they just feel like saying, I'm a kid. They're figuring it out. And finally, some good news. This teacher in Tennessee says she's quitting. I have no idea what comment this video goes back to, but the comment, like there's a, a groomer flag in the background. I was able to pull a screen grab. And if you see in my old classroom, I had my pride flag right there. It's in a different spot in my new classroom. It's still there. Here's the thing, I am going to quit. I'm 100% going to quit. And it is because, not comments like this, but it is because people like this have taken over or are starting to take over education and education is not what it once was and it's not worth it anymore. I support every single one of my students, no matter what their views are. This, it just gets Bye Felicia. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's montage brought to you by something I think all of us need after witnessing that, a purification device. Our friends over at Eden Pure Air Purifiers with their outstanding thunderstorm air purifier that became a big hit for our audience when they joined us last year. Got so many positive comments from those of you that gave it a shot. Fantastic Oxy technology. It is filterless, so you won't have to be changing out filters either with your time or money after you purchase the models. Uh, the three-pack goes for under 200 bucks which is a lot less money than a lot of inferior and competing products in the same space want to charge you. Free shipping as well. Free shipping, three units for under 200 bucks, so you can put one on every level, basement, main level, upstairs, the garage, etc. Uh, just go to EdenPureDeals.com to take advantage of this deal and use the discount code STEVE3 for the discount. That's three units, the three-pack for under 200 bucks plus free shipping. When you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve3. I was listening to um, I was listening to some uh, messages. Our small group is studying Genesis right now. And uh, I was getting caught up this morning as I was getting ready for work and at the gym and on the drive over. We have been, uh, I think I've recommended this before to those of you that have asked. Um, one of the things we use other than just the Bible in our small group, obviously, is um, there's a, a now deceased Bible teacher named Stephen Armstrong, and he had a ministry verse by verse. And just as a, uh, you know, everybody comes to the table with their own like theological biases, you know, their convictions, no one's neutral. So, I mean, it's heavy on dispensational kind of preaching. You just should know that. But he's a very, he was a very gifted preacher and did a phenomenal job of making difficult notions and concepts to the modern mind applicable and attainable. He really brings the, the scriptures home. And I was listening to some of his messages here this morning to get caught up for our small group tonight. And he said something during one of the messages that 
just stopped me in my tracks and made me think that is so simple and yet so profound and I've never thought of it like that. And he's telling us the story, he's telling us the story of Joseph and he's contrasting the the suffering of Joseph with the suffering of his brothers, that when his brothers did things that, that put Joseph in prison, he rose above those circumstances, utilized the circumstances that he had to the point of ultimately by God's grace being placed in a place of great power within the kingdom of Egypt. And when his brothers face great suffering, which is pretty minimal compared to what they put Joseph through, they are lamenting their circumstances. They are focused on their circumstances. They are circum their their per, their worldview, their perspective, their joy is circumstantial dependent. And he said, you know, a lot of times we ask for God to bless the people we care about in material ways, a good job you know, et cetera. And, and he said, you know, a lot of my family members are unsaved, don't know Christ. Their sins aren't forgiven. And a lot of times in life, God will bring us to stress in a situation, to suffering in a situation, to critical mass in a situation, because we are much more inclined to humble ourselves and seek him out when we are reminded that we are not the ultimate power here than when we think we are. That the, the true test, and I've, now this I've said on my show many times, the, the true test of our character is not, we have it totally wrong. We say you tell a lot about a man when things are down, when he's down. No, you don't. I was young, married, first kid. I got fired from three radio jobs in a year. New Christian. I got to tell you, that's the easiest prayer life I've ever had. And that was almost, <laughs> that was almost 25 years ago. Okay. It's harder now, new contract, movie, another book, harder now to remember to maintain that level of a prayer life. Now that things seem to be on the righteous path, according to my, what? Circumstances. And he goes, I, I you know, obviously there are universal things, good health and things of that nature. But the reality is. Almost all of us are moved to, to bow the knee to heaven. Not when we are confronted with the goodness and richness of the abundance of God's blessings, but when we are confronted with the depth and abundance and desperate need we have for him, the other way around. So maybe, maybe I've been praying the wrong things, he says, for my unsaved family members. Maybe they need a, a job loss. Maybe they need a serious circumstance that shakes them up because oftentimes people think that if my circumstances are good, it must mean that I am also what? Good. Circumstance dependent. How does that connect to what Aaron just put in his montage? I say things on this show sometimes and they are gut level reactions. Sometimes they're things I think about in depth and then decide that I think they're prudent. And, and I promise you, I mean, I spend a lot of time in my own time 
going back and rethinking what I'm thinking. As the great prophets Cypress Hill once eloquently put it, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Because I think that was them. So, I mean, I'm, you know, if anything, I think I might take self-awareness too far at times. Constantly reevaluating. And I said something on my show that I know a lot of you have heard, and I've said it a few times in the last few months. And, and each time I've wondered, have I gone too far? We don't need to save this country. We need to defeat it. Something else I've said quite a bit on this show, going back almost a year now, is we need Nuremberg-like trials with Nuremberg-like punishments. We need public executions after a fair trial, of course. Is that going too far? I don't mind exaggerating to make a point. I don't want to make exaggeration the point. Those are two different things, Todd. Fair? Sure. Yeah. Sometimes, as the late great Rush Limbaugh would say, you illustrate absurdity in order to point out the absurd. Okay? But you don't want to be peddling absurdity objectively at the same time. So these are things that I observe and say, and then I wonder, was that right? Did I go too far? Are we being responsible stewards with the platform that, that, that God has, by his grace, provided us via the, the blaze? Maybe this is a positive, I don't know, but I, you should know after watching Aaron's montage today, all that self-doubt is gone. A country where daycare centers are doing to the children. And what state was this in, did you say, Aaron? Was it North Carolina? North Carolina. Yeah. Isn't that where, like, the Billy Graham Association is located? I believe so, yes. Yeah. It's right in the heart of the Bible Belt. The largest Christian media corporation in America, Salem Broadcasting, got its name from, they were from Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And right there, that wicked and debauched and an absolutely destructive evil, what, what at least one of those children is likely to try to do to themselves in the coming years in response to the indoctrination is demonic as hell. I, I, I have no interest in saving that. Negative integer. I am zealous to defeat it. Similarly, this study from Michigan State University, this data is over a year old. A lot of you have asked me, hey, I took the first round of the jab. Do we have any data? Do we know? We don't. We're having a hard time getting real studies of this because the censorship won't allow it. What the data does show in general, in general, 
is the key phrase there. In general is that the poisonous mRNA spike protein is, an, is the injected form of a game of Russian roulette. And the more often you load the gun and spin the chamber and, and point it at your head and pull the trigger, the more likely you are, the more often you try it, the more likely you are that eventually the odds catch up with you and the bullet finds you. So with repeated and increasing injections, the risk multiplies each round. Particularly now that we are jabbing against a variant that doesn't exist. They'll tell you they're updated for, uh, for different, they're not. In the annals of stupid things that have been said in the last few years, and this is a high bar. Normally I say that's a low bar. This is a high bar. Like Sears Tower, Empire State Building high. Maybe a better analogy might be Tower of Babel high if, you, if you're picking up Todd when I'm laying down here. Nailed it. That statement by Joe Scarborough is mind-numbed. I took all these jabs and they didn't work. Maybe I'd taken one more, it would have. That's the guy who stood in line for hours in the Valley of Ben-Hinnom and was convinced that this time when he cast his baby into the fire for Malok, his prayer would be answered and the harvest would yield fruit. That's the guy right there. We haven't matured at all. We haven't progressed at all. We're still the same totally depraved species that seeks and loves and devours the dark unless we are confronted with a great light. That data from Michigan State University is over a year old. There's a story out of the Daily Mail in the UK. Apparently, it's Truth Week at the Daily Mail in the UK. Yesterday, they ran the story we talked about during the show. They published a story that showed the UK is averaging about 3,000 excess deaths per week, which is basically, that's, that's how many people died on 9-11. I pointed this out yesterday, right? So there, there, there's a 9-11 happening in the UK every week, every week now. And unlike with the, with, with, with the virus, and we don't believe in death with dignity or euthanasia, euthanasia on this show But if there was, if we were going to have a plague, and this is something that you pointed out, Todd, many times in 2020, if we were going to have one, you don't want one, but if we had to have one, one that for whatever re mysterious reason seemed to immune the children and the young, and the median age of death with COVID in America was about 78, which is about the life expectancy in America. If we had to have one in an imperfect world, you'd prefer not to, but if we had to, man, that's threading a needle and dodging a bullet there because it could have been a hell of a lot worse given what they were doing over there in that lab and experimenting with. That, that could have been Captain Trips. But here's the thing with the jab. Now it is the young people and the working class. There are, they are the ones dying now. They're the ones dying suddenly now. 
And that data is over a year old. Before they reloaded the gun and did round one, round two, round three. Are we on round four or five of boosters now? I lost track. Ask Joe Scarborough. And the UK Daily Mail has another story out that shows going back to the beginning of lockdowns in America. Get this. 300,000 non-COVID related excess deaths. 300,000 from the backside of lockdowns, the cancer screenings, the heart disease screenings, the suicides, the mental health, um, our good friend Charles that we all got to, to know the last few years who came to our show because he had a great friend of his that was trying to get sober. He had, he had gotten clean through a celebrate recovery group at a church church closed down. He goes back into the pit, commits suicide. And he's like, what in the world is going on here? And just happens to find our show and finds a port in a storm. Lots. Can't tell you how many stories like that I have heard tragically. And we did all that for a virus that for everybody under the age of 70, you had a 99.8% chance of surviving. So did I go too far? Am I a caricature? Have I become what I loathed? Am I doing the COVID-19 version of Sean Hackety Hack? Tonight, year three, Lindsey Graham is here with us promising to get to the bottom of Hillary Clinton's emails. Am I doing that? I don't want to do that. I don't care what that gig pays. I don't want it. Wouldn't accept it if offered. When I say things like the most important issue in the world today is stopping those jabs. Nothing nothing man-made that we, that we can directly impact ourselves. Nothing man-made is causing more carnage in this world than those poisonous shots are. Nothing is. Not to mention then on the other hand, the inflection point they are for unprecedented tyranny. There are parts of this country, mark of the beast level, you couldn't buy or sell without the mark or the jab or the poke. There were places in Europe, whole countries that were like that. So am I exaggerating? Is it going too far? Should I use such incendiary language? Should I, should I know that I, if, if I'm using it, it's justified? Trust me, I ask myself these kinds of questions all the time. All the time. It might be a few days before I ask myself those questions again after watching Aaron's montage today. The country that turns its education centers down to the daycare, le- daycare level into literal recruitment encampments for the bowels of hell, that country doesn't deserve to be saved. It is a forsaken land, that country is. That is Canaan, not Israel. There's always been a, there's a strain of modern Christian conservative thought that America is a new Israel. It's not. There's only one Israel. But even if you buy into that, you know a tree by its fruit. We're not a new Israel. We're a new Canaan. What did God say to do to Canaan? Wipe it out. Wipe it out. That country doesn't deserve to be saved. It needs to be defeated. That whatever has emerged here and is flying this flag and runs these institutions has to be rooted out and defeated in the public square. Cannot be accommodated. 
can't be shared. No, it must be exercised. That's really what we're talking about here is an exorcism. It must be cast out. I don't want to conserve any of that. None of that. I want to pile drive it. And then are we going too far calling for public tribunals, public executions? How else are you going to do it? What else will stop this from happening and from happening again? You had to know something was about to come out yesterday. When Bill Gates finally decided, when Bill Gates of all people decides he's going to get to the right of almost every Republican governor not named Ron DeSantis in America in pronouncing the mRNA jabs a failure. You had to know. You had to know. As soon as that came out, as soon as you saw that clip, you had to know, all right. All right. What shoe's about to drop here? What's about to come out now? We got to get out in front of this. Now you know. So no, it's not an exaggeration, sadly, at all. Neither one of these instincts are. They are, unfortunately, it turns out, an accurate observation and assessment of the era and the country in which we live. Gentlemen, your thoughts. You know, uh, there's a, a weird turn happened recently that relates directly to what you're talking about, Steve. There's this post about this marvelous Singapore airport. Yeah. And, it, and then this back and forth started about, well, uh, you know, what's going on in uh, that country uh, and their architecture? Well, when they handle crime a certain way and what happens to our architecture, we need to turn it that way. And if Matt Walsh got involved and Matt Walsh is not us and, I, and everything and we are not him. But he he simply made the point uh, about, uh, you know, if, they, if you're clear headed about how to handle criminals, you might be clear headed about handling other things. And all kinds of people on the right said, well, there's this dangerous strain from the Matt Walsh kind uh, of the right that's increasingly authoritarian. I don't look at what you just watched on there. That's authoritarian. And you just want to Netflix and chill, as Steve said, your circumstances, your comfort. There is a guy today in reaction to these surveys that are being taken about the number of people who know somebody uh, who has been impacted by this um, uh, by the vaccine. Uh, he tweets, my assessment of your IQ. This uh, this guy is a, a Lutheran. Uh, and I've seen him a, a, a lot. I won't name him right now. But my assessment of your IQ drops about 10 points if you cite that ridiculous survey show 278,000 people died. These surveys started to be done finally because there was data elsewhere. Steve just mentioned it. We have it in Europe. We have it out of Michigan. We've had it for a while. All right? It's not just the survey on an island. But guys like this are the guys clapping back at the simple reality is that you cannot put the good, the true, and the beautiful on cruise control. And my response to this guy was high excess mortality is verifiably reported across the globe. Your idol worship of the jab is profound and frankly disgusting. No quarter anymore. No. For these pleated khaki 
conservative people who think that we aren't in the middle of a war for reality of itself. Move over. Or get run over. Yes. Aaron? Yeah, I just saw the just saw what you just cited, Todd, and it was pretty much, I mean, we can get into the ins and outs of that study survey if you want to. That's, I, I would say the bottom line is it was pretty generously dropped, the, the total number, in order to try to weed out any um, inadvertent deaths, expected deaths. I will say that. I don't know how else... I just made the comment in passing a couple of minutes ago. I, how else are you going to wake people up, simultaneously wake people up and punish people if it is not extreme punishment? There's no, there's no need for, there's no good for slaps on the wrist that does you absolutely nothing. Does you absolutely nothing. Unfortunately, as you began, Steve, it could just be at the end of the day that we're just a godforsaken place right now. And this could just be God's judgment upon this land or the restraining, the unrestraint of evil. That could just be what we're seeing. Either way, he's still in control. Either way, these people will pay one way or another. If it's not in this life, then in the next. More in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. And after you get worked up, maybe a nice, fine glass of red wine is what you need. To settle down, Todd needs one of those or three, right? That's worked kinda, up, not worked up, whatever. Uh, that's kind of how Todd rolls, and it's easy with modern private wines. These are outstanding imported foreign wines from deep in the Andes Mountains out in Argentina. Uh, Malbec grapes grown at 9,000 plus feet. These are delicious red wines, too. All of us have tried them and really enjoyed them. Uh, Todd has enjoyed them repeatedly. So he would uh, recommend that uh, you do the same. If you want to try them today, they've they've added to the typical deal. We still have the, the typical offer we've had with them for a couple of years now, where you get half off the wine and then half off the shipping, which is a big deal with imported wines, obviously. So they're still offering that. But now they, they're they going to throw a bonus bottle into the mix to sweeten the pot for you with a small batch limited production wine from their exclusive wine cellar. So now this deal applies to four bottles instead of three. You can't beat it. When you go to BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve, you don't need a promo code, just have to go to the site. Bonner, B as in boy, O-N-N-E-R, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Once again, take advantage of it. You won't regret it. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. Plus, next time you have a gathering, friends and family, you pull out this like red wine, you can tell them, hey, I had this imported from Argentina. Makes you seem a little bit like a big shot, right? So, some people online have said that if it, it, if I ever do my own side hustle podcast, it should be the Bonner Hour and I just sit around <laughs> drinking wine. You know, I wonder, they might be on the horn right now. Uh, Todd's weekly podcast, all right? And it's uh, the Bonner Hour. Just you and uh, whoever you have come on, just sitting around with a glass of red wine, you know? 
uh, I guess, verklemting about things going on in Call society. Me. Yeah, that's actually not a bad idea. So if our crack marketing team over at the blaze, if you're tuned in, might want to consider that. All right, let's get to buy Southern hold one of our more popular and fun segments each week. This is where you in the audience, you're going to set the agenda here for about the next hour on the program. No topic is off limits. You present them, Aaron selects them. And then Todd, you and I will decide which side we're on. Uh, Are we going to buy? Are we going to sell? If for any reason you choose to hold, you, you cannot hold. Now, we used to provide an exception for stupidity, and then we just decided, no. Uh, Someone sent me a note about six months ago saying, you can't allow any reasons to punk out. That's a dude code violation, and then I, I was sold. You're right. So if indeed you hold, you have lost your dudeness, and you've got to get to the bottom of it at that point with Lindsey Graham. That's your punishment. So there will be no holds. It's just, going to be, clear. it's just going to be buy or sell at this, from this time forward. Aaron, you may begin. We will begin with Nate Schloman, who says, at this point, adults getting the next booster are the equivalent of teens eating Tide Pods. Buy. Buy. And I suggest, maybe uh, put out there, maybe we should invoke that next time we talk about boosters, or any time we talk about boosters. Amen. Eating another Tide Pod. I, I just... What was the phrase you coined... Uh, in, in, a couple of years ago, invincible ignorance. Yes. That's so, that that might be the best term or phrase or turn of phrase on this program by anybody in the last couple of years. I mean, it's just, it's a perfect summation of the fact that never before have so many people willfully been so misinformed and stupid and then so damn proud of it at the exact yeah. same time. And I, and I think, I think it's these devices that we have access to that can be tremendously beneficial in putting information at our fingertips if we are willing to actually vet it and seek it out. But it makes it so convenient that, hey, I read the headline, I read the lower third on my cable news network. I'm an expert. I, you know, how many, it, I used to do this, I haven't in a while, just because I get almost no Facebook traffic now, so there's no point. But I used to put stuff on Facebook and then wait and see people would comment on the headlines like instantly. It was like clear they hadn't written it yet or read it yet. I, mean, I read pretty fast. You, I, I highly doubt you're reading much faster than I'm reading, mm-hmm. especially my own material, because I know what it says, right? You, you couldn't have possibly, re, you know, read it in that period of time, and yet you're already reacting to it. And so... For for every Daniel Horowitz that this era of information has created, the ability for someone, if they truly want to, to be uber thorough and actually, unlike in, in, unlike Lindsey Graham, actually get to the bottom of things, actually actually discern the true depths of issues, like someone like Daniel does, for every person like Daniel that this era has created, it's probably created a hundred, if not a thousand of people who just now, because it's so simple just to react to what's in front of you without delving into it at all, have just become increasingly shallow in response to the era instead. Yeah, what's it last Friday? I was talking about how it's it started with... Uh uh, Facebook, but the thing, same thing with photo filters. We this has turned us increasingly narcissistic. Uh, yes, you have more uh, information, but it's increasingly not shared information. You can tailor something to hear only what you want, both 
good and bad you can uh or supportive or not i should say not good or bad the the supportive you can just drink that from the fire hose and then the opposition you can actually tailor to be the one that pushes all of your buttons mm-hmm. the, the way that you uh, uh prefer so that unreality never gets poked in 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 a way that rips it apart it just gets reinforced right it's counterintuitive. I, I, I love the term unreality, too. I like that term, too. You might have a future in this business. As brother. I've told you before, I do, I think all the time, I struggle with the way to say the same thing with new words so it finally cracks the, I know you did, like how. I just gave up and just decided yeah. I was just going to repeat myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Repent, heathens! <laughs> yes. All right, Aaron, go ahead. Next is Brian Johnson, who says the history teacher is the most important position in a junior high, high school, or college. They can do more to improperly indoctrinate or properly educate future citizens than teachers of other subjects. He says I he has go- one, so he's biased. I- I'm going to sell. Me too. Not that I don't think the position is uber important, but I'm going to say it's the guidance counselor. I think at a very, so many, go back to the videos that Anastasia showed us yesterday. The emptiness. The need and sense, you can just sense the desperate need for belonging and there's nothing wrong with that need. It's, it's, it's embedded. It, it, we are created, we are the Imago Dei. We are created in the image of a God who in and of himself is a relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Who in and of himself took our sin upon him to restore our the relationship that he wanted with us. So it, there's nothing wrong at all with being desperate for connection, desperate for relationship. That's, that's, the, that's part of the human experience. That's, that's fundamental to the human experience. But if channeled in the wrong directions, if, if it's, not, it's not fed and nurtured, properly it leads to a lot of very destructive choices and you can see that in all those tiktok videos that anna showed us yesterday right Mm -hmm. see that's that's where the guidance counselor comes in the relationship where i'm understood unconditionally i'm appreciated unconditionally i'm affirmed unconditionally I, 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 I receive guidance that maybe I wouldn't trust or don't get at home. To me, I think that is the position that is the most important. Especially when you look at the mental health crisis going on with our youth right now at the same time. That is a position that can wield incredibly positive influence. And I've seen it firsthand as a parent at the school that our children attend. It can also be just shaman-like, pagan, demonic-esque levels of, of indoctrination because that relationship becomes so important to you and feels such a need for you that you allow that relationship to steer you uh, very subversively into destructive places. So I, I think it's actually the guidance counselor, not any particular teacher or subject. I agree with Steve's initial assessment. Listen, even if you are just a rock star history teacher, uh, particularly in anything, middle school and on up, your kid leaves that classroom and then he goes to that pagan witch teaching English 
and that uh, flat earth Darwinist uh, over teaching science. You know, it's it, 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 it's just this assault. I, I think it's the principle for a lot of the same reasons. You, the schoolhouses, if you look at the uh, data of how much administrative costs and positions have ballooned over the years, the, trust me, the enemy, the, le the left knows what they're doing with that and why it's the most important. Just mm -hmm. this just choking administrator that makes all these teachers, even if they want to try to do the right thing. And listen, there's as much as I hammer teachers there's a lot of normal people out there teaching and they really they are basically constantly just treading water uh, uh trying to survive but they know over their head there's just a hundred anvils that are ready to be hurled at them so it is that administrative state that right now is i think we're kind of we're not even answering the same question right now but like trust me even if we had nothing but a list history teachers in our schools right now it wouldn't solve the problem. That's simply the point I'm trying to make. Some whiplash here conversationally at our road says 49ers defeat Bengals for a third time. Oh, in a Super Bowl? Yeah. I guess that's right. There were two when you and I were kids, right? There yeah. was the, w w the rare Super Bowl that was a good game, the one at the Silverdome uh, in Michigan. That was the first, did you know it was the first Madden Summer All Super Bowl? I did not. It was the Chris Collinsworth, Ken Anderson uh, Cincinnati Bengals versus um, Joe Montana yeah. and the 49ers for the first time. And if I remember right, there was a goal line stand that basically won the 49ers that game, I want to say. Yeah, they were both good. Yep. Super Bowl's the second one. And then the second one was at the end of the decade. Yeah, not, that was not the, Jerry Rice, but John Taylor. Yep, right? yep. Rice to Taylor at the yeah. end. Now, or, or Montana to Taylor. Yeah. Now, Rice had an incredible game that day. Mm -hmm. But yeah, John Taylor caught the game winning touchdown. Mm -hmm. That was the one when Montana came on the field and the Bengals had just taken the lead. Mm -hmm. And they, this is the last possession of the game. And it's tension. You don't really see this in a Super Bowl a lot where a team's got a, a last position to win. At least you did in that area. You see mm -hmm. it more now, but in that era, it was rare. A lot of times these games were blowouts. And Joe Montana comes out famously and can sense that uh, there's a lot of tension in the huddle and uh during a, during the commercial break he uh, points into the stands at the players he goes dude is that john candy right over there john candy's at the game and everybody's kind of chuckled uncle buck's here he just kind of laughed and you know and uh kind of moved on and that's calmed everybody down and they went out and uh joe cool yeah joe cool you know so i i could see that um what a st here's what i here's the thing that that i struggle with though and i I saw every meaningful snap that Brock Purdy played at Iowa State for four years. All right. And it looks, a, and, and when, the, when he was good and the team was good, it looks a lot like what the last seven weeks have looked like. He is not being asked 10 to 15 times in a game to sit in a pocket and throw the ball into tight windows downfield. Um, he's very, but he throws very well on the run. He's very resourceful. He's a leader of men. He's calm, cool under pressure. Okay. And, to me, I, I just, there are physical limitations there. And I, I just, I, unless it's a crazy turnover game in your scenario, I don't believe Brock Purdy could beat Joe Burrow. Straight Because basically Joe Burrow is a more talented version of Brock Purdy. He's also Joe Cool. He's also cool under pressure. He's completely redefined that franchise. You know, so I'm going to sell on that. Uh, I'll buy it. Let's see. It's uh, the early. The early success that Purdy had was pretty. Uh, what's it, the guy? The the receiver, huge wingspan. 
Uh, he's the best receiver Purdy had early on in his career. I can't remember his name off the top of my uh, head, but he was just that you just, you know, you get the ball to him. Iowa State did not have a receiver like that later on. Purdy would make, uh, try to do some hero ball as an older guy, taking it on his shoulders. Uh, I, I, the weapons Purdy has around him. This is a guy who, he just, he's speaking of understanding reality. He gets reality. Like just do the job, get the ball to these guys. Um, I, that's why I think, uh, this can work. He does not have to be. If Brock See, Purdy, I don't even think he's going to win this weekend. I think the Eagles are actually going to win at home. Well, that but, could happen too, but, but I don't. Yeah, I just think people keep, you know, there's there's an under, there's a it it doesn't mean his career is going to be like that, but there's an undeniable, uh, you know, Brady esque it factor mm-hmm. with what's going on. Uh, another player who doesn't have great physical uh, abilities, uh, Joe Montana, another quarterback. Oh, I who think this is even more extraordinary physical. because Brady, Brady had remember a year that he set behind yeah. Bledsoe. Yeah. It was the second year yeah. where he came off the bench and replaced him. You're doing this with a, with a rookie, yeah. you know? So um, I, I think this is even more extraordinary than Brady winning a first Super Bowl as a second year quarterback and a sixth round pick because he at least had a year mm-hmm. to, to, to learn to play in the NFL, right? Moving on, Christian Didge says, Pat Buchanan was actually right and conservatives should have listened to him back in 1992. I think you're probably referring specifically to his, well, I, I loved it at the time, but now infamous convention speech about in Houston at the convention about a culture war in America and that was panned and div- as divisive and yada, yada, yada by, of course, all yeah. the people that have launched a culture war against America. Um, but, I mean, that was... Um, that was that was prophetic. That was Washington's farewell address. That was uh, the the Gettysburg address. That's you know um, JFK's inaugural. I mean that 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 it was it was panned as a polemic. It was prof it was prophetic, not a polemic. So if you're if you're using that year specifically, which I I'm guessing that's what you're referring to by using that year. So if that's what you're specifically referring to, I will completely buy. As will I. I remember that vividly. And how much that, I, I, looking around me, I couldn't understand in college, like, why is he not resonating more? This is so obviously true. And, and subconsciously, I think people our age, Steve, we did kind of just accept that for whatever reason, even if we didn't agree, even if we agreed with it, it just wasn't, it wasn't going to work. So we kind of moved on and tough, tough lesson because we never should have. One more quickly before the break. Self-evident truth says by mid-year, the negative effects of the jabs will be inescapable. Trump will have to find a way to spin it after admitting many have been seriously affected and action must be taken. He will stay, still say it saved lives and he accomplished what no one else could. I'm going to let you take this one first. Uh, listen, I... Yeah, uh, something... Yeah, there's a... A ring of truth to all this but i'm still going to sell based on this like the trump thing stop everybody really same as it ever was just like don't way too many people are still waking up in the morning i fear what's donald trump gonna say or do like just don't it's <laughs> i it's it, it it's not good Move. On. I wonder, even if you're not fully supportive of DeSantis, wonder what he's going to say or do. It's just more interesting. This is not interesting. So it's funny you should mention that because I've actually, because you know I needed another part-time gig. Yeah. So I have 
in the last couple of days tried to back channel some private sources I have that have connections to the former president to because I just you know me I have to try to fix things so I'm, I'm trying to see if I can use some of those connections to reach him with with some of this you know so I'm not optimistic but at least I'm trying All right, back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. And you, hopefully not all of you at once, but all of you at some point in time could eventually let me know what you think about what we think. By emailing the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter, Instagram, and TikTok, and then you can also find me over on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace there. Don't forget, if you're a podcast listener, we love and appreciate you so much. Please show your love and appreciation for us, too, if you wouldn't mind. Hit subscribe or follow on the podcast platform of your choice. You can also uh, leave us five-star reviews if you like the show. If you don't, you know, we wouldn't ask you to lie, but if you do, go all the way with a five-star, please. And thanks to all of you that have done those things for us already. And I should also mention, if you want to get to the front of the line for consideration for an upcoming Ask Me Anything, and the next one is upcoming on Monday. Embed your question into your brand new five-star review, and it will go to the front of the line for Todd's consideration when you do so. So thanks to all of you, again, that have left us five-star reviews. We really appreciate each and every one of them. Also appreciate what Jace Medical is trying to do. That's why we brought them on uh, into the show in the fourth quarter of last year, uh, because we just went through a year plus where they told us that there weren't any real um, treatments for a respiratory virus. And I remember saying most of that time, I'm like, I don't know, man, I, I, I was an asthmatic. I, mean, I, I, I kind of know what a pulmonary stressful situation is. I was in and out of hospitals constantly as a kid, constantly. Because back in those days, in the early to mid-80s, nebulizers and all that stuff you can do at home now had to be administered in hospitals. They were new technologies then. So, uh, I mean, I, I kind of know there are things we can do to mitigate the symptoms of respiratory virus inflammation. Yet we suddenly decided, like, the previous 40 years of medicine never happened. This show just got blocked on YouTube, by the way. Indeed. Ivermectin. Nope. Never heard of it. Well, wait, well, yeah, wait. That's right. You're right. That's right. We did win a Nobel Prize for it in 2015. It's dangerous now, though, don't you know? And it doesn't work. Hydroxychloroquine, rectum barely no. Oh, you're right. That's right. My bad. Forgot. We did have FDA approval for that since the 1960s, and we've probably given it to tens of millions of people worldwide since, but that's also dangerous and ineffective all of a sudden. Oh, you need some amoxicillin? Uh, we're kind of out right now. You know, problems in China with the supply chains. You're like, well, why, why am I getting my medicine from China? Indeed. Did all these things just happen recently in the last year plus? Mm-hmm. Yep. Which means are the odds lower or higher that they might try to make them happen again? Higher. Make sure you're prepared, therefore. That's why we brought Jace Medical on board so that the next time they do this, you are prepared. Included in the Jace case, by the way, of its venerable antibiotics that you have on uh, your shelf ready should they be needed includes amoxicillin 
by the way. And doxycycline. If you're like me, you're penicillin allergic. Uh, doxycycline is about the most popular and effective alternative to the penicillin that I have found. It's what I use for sinus infections and things of that nature. That's also part of the venerable antibiotics in the Jace case. All right. So take $10 off right now uh, with the promo code DACE10. You'll get $10 off with the promo code DACE10 when you go to jacemedical.com. J as in jump at this right this very minute. Jace, J-A-S-E. JaceMedical.com, JaceMedical.com, promo code DACE10 for $10 off. Let us get to part two of Buy, Sell, or Hold. Here's Aaron. Steve Rossell says, we already have a significant number of military advisors on the ground in Ukraine. Totally could buy that. Sure. Could absolutely, totally buy that. So I will. Yeah, I'll buy that. Jim Osmond says, that was not Damar. We got, guys, we got at least 20 submissions like this. Jim Osmond says, that was not Damar Hamlin at the Bills-Bengals game on Sunday. For some reason, they're keeping him in hiding. Just Josh, uh, the quarterback. Just, Josh Allen? Josh Allen just came out and said, guys, stop all this nonsense. Josh Allen seems like a good dude. I mean, I, it is entirely weird that we have not seen his face yet and like a crazy voice is in your head i accept all of them i entertain all of them these days you know that i just because i uh, i will sell just because josh allen came out and said stop he seems like a decent dude but this is very it's still weird nonetheless like what's going on I'm going to sell, even though every instinct in me after the last couple of years says to buy this. The whole damn thing was weird. The whole thing was weird. I mean, I just, if, uh, why is he sequestered off by himself? Yeah. Why is, why is his face covered? Um, why didn't we hear him talk? Well, I mean, Steve, he had a serious cardiac arrest two and a half weeks ago. Totally agree. So then why is he there? You know what I'm saying? I mean, if, if those are your considerations and his, his mother admitting that he still can't walk long periods of time without shortness of breath, he still has, you know, he, he's got still some recovery to do, you know, um, then why put go through the risk of having him there then? You know, just have him send like a videotaped message or something to the team. You play right before kickoff, you know, the, the teams come out for the coin toss and you put the DeMar Hamlin message. Don't let the team even know it's coming, right? Mm-hmm. And you put it up there and let them see it and the crowd see it right before the teams come out for kickoff or the nat, right? And, and I mean, the buzz that that would create, you know what I'm saying? Then do that. Then, then I Are mean. Are you sure you're selling? Huh? Are you sure you're selling? It's just, yeah. I... I just don't want to believe we have sunk to the level of doing something like this. I just, I just don't. And so I'm going to sell, but I will tell you, man, the whole thing was damned peculiar. Yeah. And of course, it was damned peculiar. my part about Josh Allen, you know, Josh Allen and his teammates could have seen enough of him, seen him for real, talked with him for real and all the other stuff still could actually be, it's possible. So I'm not, I, I, I'm with Steve there. There, I am not trust, but verify. 
Next, we go to Clayton S., who says, Organics, or organic get-togethers, like, hey, a few of us are getting together at a place, generally result in better memories than pre-planned parties. Hmm. I can vouch for that, maybe. I could, you know what, I'll buy that I could see why someone thinks that way. Just because when something is pre-planned, there might be people in the family that like at a Christmas or Thanksgiving, you know, you have to invite that don't get along and you're kind of the energy level in the room waiting to see what happens until it almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Maybe nothing's going to happen, but right. The, the energy level and on the premises anticipating it might kind of can put a dower on the circumstance. When you have a pre-planned event, people RSVP, yeah, I'm going to be there. And then something comes up in their life and they're not having the best day. They're not in the best of moods. But since they committed to come, they they feel obligated to show up anyway. And they bring that energy with them. And it's not really their fault, you know, where if something happens organically, then then you gravitated to that circumstance spontaneously in spite of all, all those sorts of things. So, yeah. I could, I could see why someone thinks this way. I don't think it's, it's ridiculous at all. So I'll buy. When I was in college, I would have bought, but now that I'm like 73, don't pull this crap on me. Okay. Give me three or four days. Heads up. I want to know where we're going, why we're going there, how long we're going to be there. And, um, just when we can leave, basically. Pull this crap on me. So somebody happens to be in the neighborhood and knocks on the door. They're good grief. Uh, Oh my God! He's the youngest here. I right? love how that the was the focus here? instead of I, I. I said now that I'm 73, and you guys are like, mm-hmm. that's known. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good. I, I sell on this. I I know a lot. Of, I a lot of people are like this. I, I I am. I am not. I don't need like special rules of engagement for me to have a decent time. I like people. People are interesting to me. Um, so, yeah, you know, stop on by, call ahead, whatever. Like, I, there's, like, we, we just have, this is, this, this is a sign of an increasingly, uh, people who really feel like they have, like, oh, captain, my captain, like, they're more in control of their lives than ever before, but we're more neurotic than ever before about stuff. Um... We'll move on. Tom Sawyer, twenty-one twelve says top five Eagles songs. Is this a you got to nail it list, or is this yeah. open for interpretation? I, I, maybe a little interpretation. There, there can't be. There can't possibly be a. Come on, man. Fair can't be one of those. No, that can't can be, be a come on, man. No. Okay, if there, there may be a disagreement, but there cannot be a come on, man. Don't get cute. The Eagles greatest hits volume one. All right, I, I believe has passed Thriller as the most. Uh, sold album huh. in pop music history. Okay, so don't get cute here. And it ain't like Eagles' the greatest hits volume two is just kind of schlepping and fetching with sub with subpar music. You know what I'm saying? This is this could very well be the greatest American pop music band of all time. So don't get cute. Don't come up with the ninth track. All right, on some unobscure album that no one knows. Don't get cute. Play the hits, Sam. All right, fair. Yeah. Okay. Go. Number five, Desperado. Totally okay with that being on the list. I'm okay with it being on the list, um, but if the, if that's five, it got the now the bar's just been that, raised. That, that, I agree. Right, if that's five, better hit. I agree. If that's five, then the bar has been raised. Okay. 
Number four, take it easy. Yeah. Absolutely fine with it being on the yep. list. Yep. As am I. Number three, take it to the limit. I'm fine this with it being on the list. This is the yep. one that I would not have in the top I wouldn't five. have it on the list either so far, but I'm fine with it being on the list. Number two, Hotel California. Absolutely. Obviously. That's, that's the magnum opus, yes. Number one, Lion Eyes. I don't, I don't understand how that's number one. See, I would take that. I would switch... I would take here's here's my top five. Let's just cut. Let's just all do our own, own top fives. Number five, I think Desperado is good. Number four, I would take. I, I would do um, uh, probably Lion Eyes. Number three, I would do Take It Easy. No, number three, I would actually do Seven Bridges Road. Number two, Take It Easy, and number one, Hotel California. See, I would take. Uh, I would have already gone on there. Oh yeah. crap! And, and I would yeah. have. Um, I'm I. I I would have already gone on yes. there instead of take it to the limit. Yeah, and I would have um, the long run instead of lion eyes if it was me. That but the rest of the the rest of the five I'm fine with. But I'm fine with all five of those songs, just not the order that I would put them in. And it's 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 arguable that lion eyes was the song that kind of put them on the map. So you know, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna sell on it. Um, I just. I would definitely do a different uh, number one. And I, the, the thing, I'm glad you have the recall. Like, I didn't even... It, I struggle to think of what they're missing. Remember, I just went and saw them in concert like a month ago. Oh, that's right. So this, this that. is all very yeah. fresh in my yeah. depleted and aging memory banks, yeah. you know? So all I just... Right. I, I, and, they, and it was interesting how they did it, too. They, you know, back in the 90s, uh, Pink Floyd just had a monster concert tour with Dark Side of the Moon, where they would play every track of Dark Side of the Moon and then have an intermission and then come back and then the greatest hits like the wall and mm-hmm. you, you know uh, hey you and wish you were here was the second part of the the concert that's what the eagles did uh they played every track of hotel california hmm. and then there was an intermission and then they came back and, cool. and played the hits hmm. after that you know and i was a little uh, i was a little skeptical of vince gill filling in for glenn fry but uh, he, I thought he was very good. And Glenn Fry's son came out and did a couple of songs too. Yeah. So this is just, this is fresh in the memory banks because I just saw this. Yeah. Moving on. That was fun. Uh, moving on. Chris B says, excellent way for Greg Abbott to enter the presidential race would be to go top shelf or top deck over DeSantis and do school choice for Texas. This would also play very well for him in Iowa. Yeah. I don't deny that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a more obvious way. I mean, he could, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't he could say secure it. his border. Oh, that's Steve. a that's a Steve. possibility. Steve, didn't he? Didn't expecting. Remember that time yeah. he declared an invasion <laughs> yeah. and then did nothing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Imagine FDR t- a date which will live in infamy, and then like nothing happened, right? And no, I also don't nothing see happened on December eighth, 9th, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, January fourteenth, February seventeenth, March 9th. Nothing happened. Just hey, the, that was bad. We got invaded and then nothing occurred. I also don't think in any way, if he does this, it would it would be a good thing, but it's not going over the top. It's just keeping up with him. Like, I really don't, I don't know who you are, really. If you Guys, look at these literally, two men this just and, you broke. Look at, and you look at Abbott and say, yeah, he's the one. I, don't. I hate to do this. This literally just broke as we were talking. Just now. Texas Governor Greg Abbott quietly renews COVID disaster declaration. What? See? That literally just broke just as we were discussing this. This re- So now I sell 
because I reject the premise of the question. This is the it, point of my It's, it's impossible for him before. to come off the top rope because no. he's Greg Abbott, regardless yeah. of issue. Yes. Exactly. You can mess the hell out of Texas, yeah. man. Butcher their kids, yeah. invade their border, yeah. take their jobs, have mask their faces, uh, arrest their hairdressers, uh, take their kids to all ages drag shows to get uh, twerked and teabagged, okay? And just never-ending COVID disaster. You can do whatever the hell you want to Texans, man. If- yeah, that's a, that's a, you guys, come on, man. Don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. That's a, that's a pa- there's paper tigers, y'all paper Texans. That's what you are. I, I, I'm I'm gonna get a t-shirt made next time we go down to the blaze. Paper Texans, and to the extent we have time to walk around in the community, I'm just gonna you can mess with Texas t-shirt. See what happens. Next up, Boston Tea Party fan says Vegas is playing with the public as both NFL games this weekend have the home team with a 65 percent chance of winning. But the points show them both as underdogs. This is actually not true. The Eagles are favored to win, uh, but it's only by three points. So basically, home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. Don't care. Not uh, yeah. I don't. What was the? I need to know what the opening line was to answer this question, and then see how the line has moved since then. Okay. Opening for the Chiefs was they were favored by two and a half. It went over to the Bengals being favored by two and a half because nobody really believes Pat Mahomes is going to play or play effectively on a high ankle sprain. That's why. That's why that happened. That's why they opened back. up. Now it's gone back to the Bengals are only favored by a point now. Um, that's why it opened with the Chiefs under the home field advantage. Um, they anticipated that a lot of the public would just sit there and, oh, I, I, the Chiefs aren't even laying a field goal. Vote the Chiefs. The Sharps came all in and said, well, uh, we don't even think the dude's going to play. And if he does, he's out there on one leg and a high ankle sprain. That takes away a good amount of what makes him so special. So they hammered the Bengals, drove the line too far the other way now. And so there's been a bit of a buyback there. Um, um, I, I mean, I, I, so on the other game, I don't know what's going on there. But it's I would start it at two and a half and it stayed there. Okay. I would I would pick the Eagles and the Bengals to win this weekend. Next up, we go to Steve Dace's, I'm sorry, Steve Deese's mispronounced last name. <laughs> Top five country music artists of all time. Is all this right. one that you have to stick the landing on as well? If you're going all time, yeah, seems there's like a little variation. Same thing. There just can't feel. be. Come yeah. on, man. All, all right. right. Like Florida Georgia line can't be on here. Or, you know what I mean? Nothing like that. Okay. <laughs> Um, so this is the top five country music artists of all time. Okay. Number five, Garth Brooks. I mean, if yeah. he's five, yeah. you're talking about the greatest selling act in the history of country music. So, um, if he's five, that raises the bar, but he certainly belongs on the list for sure. Yeah. Number four, George Jones. Yeah, I, I know he's a big deal. Yeah, he, he, not my era, you know, um, but I'm fine with him being yeah. on the list knowing yeah. the history. Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Hank Williams. Same thing. In fact, I'm I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of his son, but uh, same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, Johnny Cash. I I think we're really probably talking about the first major crossover country star, right? Mm -hmm. So you bet he's a transcendent figure. And number one, George Strait. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I mean, when I was in the Country Music Hall of Fame a couple of weeks ago, when you go into the, the final thing you go into is the hall with all the plaques. As much as I grew up on Garth Brooks in that era, I made sure to get my picture taken with a George Strait plaque. Okay, so now I take for me generationally, I take George Jones out and put Alan Jackson in. And I'm a big Alabama guy, and they're the biggest selling country band of all time. 
they'd be I'd probably take Hank Williams senior out and put them in. But those are largely generational biases. I don't think you can argue with your list historically at all. Then you get into, but that, that's not even talking about the women. I, I mean, was just you know, say where's Priscilla Presley, Tammy Wynette, right? Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn. Or, or, did I say Priscilla Presley? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'd I say know. Loretta Lynn. Loretta Lynn, Tammy Wynette, et cetera. Yeah, where are they at? You bet. My mom, I mean, I grew up here in, you know, R-D-I-V-O-R-C-E. I grew up here and all that Tammy Wynette stuff in the house. So I made sure to take a picture of the Tammy Wynette plaque and send it to her when we were in Nashville. So, but there's nothing instantly objectionable on that list. It's a good attempt. Yeah. Next up, we go to Sean Griffith's top 10 movies. It's not a dude code violation to shed a tear or two while watching. All right. This is a good good topic. I like it. Listed in order of title length. Okay. Up. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. I think Up is maybe the best romantic comedy that Hollywood has produced in the 21st century. It's just animated, so it doesn't get that kind of recognition, but Up is an incredible movie. Yep. Bye. Uh, Rudy. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. You bet. Yep. Glory. Bye. That's an uh, absolutely bye. You know what? And that's one maybe I need to introduce Noah to. It's been a while oh, since I've seen gosh, that film. I don't think he has seen movie. that yet. Might have to introduce my son to that one. Uh, Brian's Song. I don't know what that is. You skipped Gladiator. Gladiator. Oh, Gladiator, sorry. Yes, which is one of, in my opinion, one of the 10 greatest films that's ever been made. And is the absolute best dude film that has ever been made. Um, But Brian, but I'm fine with that. And Brian's song is your go-to in this category. You bet. It's about Gail Sayers and... um, Brian Piccolo. Brian Piccolo, yeah. yeah. The Green Mile. Uh, Yeah, bye. Wow, I had forgotten about that movie. But yeah, that's a very good movie too, man. That scene, when... Tom Hanks is wrestling with what to do, and he's—he's—I can't remember who he's talking. There's been, a lot, but he's talking about what, what am I supposed—if I execute him, how am I supposed to answer my maker mm-hmm. when I tell mm-hmm. when he asks me why did you kill one of my great? It's really well done. Yeah, I had not seen it. that. Maybe another movie to show Noah because that's a damn good movie mm-hmm. too. Yeah, Schindler's List. And that's an automatic. Yep. Yep. Bye. Absolutely, one of the one of the greatest films in cinematic history. Life is beautiful. So I've never seen it, but I've heard good things about it. When the movie came out, it was the late 90s, man, and I was at my peak, iconoclastic, surly, Jack Black, grunge phase. Was it Roberto Benigni? Was that the guy? Yeah. And just watching him, like, run around and hug and kiss people and stuff, I just... That was too ha- too much happiness for me. I, I, I mean, I, I was listening to like the remix version of Black Hole Sun. Okay, I just that was way pro- too positive, way too much happiness, and I was disgusted by it. At God, the time, God so did I never both saw of it. us a favor that you and I didn't meet when you were in that phase. Because <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. Um, it's a wonderful life. Yeah, I mean, every year, dude. Sure. I, I, that is also one of the ten greatest films in cinematic history. And the passion. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. That's a phenomenal list. Great list. Yep. That's one of the best lists I think maybe we've had. All right. uh, Moving on. Luis Castellona says Rush Limbaugh's view that the only person that can separate Donald Trump from his base is Donald Trump is becoming more likely with Trump's persistent support of the jab. That's great analysis. I had forgotten that Rush had made that point, but I, I mean, I'm running a poll right now on my Twitter account. It's going to be the topic of tomorrow's overtime. All right, so there's 22 hours left to vote in this poll. About 6,600 people have voted so far. 
If Trump refuses to admit the truth about the poisonous jabs and the failure of Operation Warp Speed, would that cause you to not support him for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination? All right, so 6,200, I'm sorry, did I say 6,600? I meant to say 6,200. 6,200 people have voted in this in the last four hours. You can go vote in it right now at Steve Day Show on Twitter. Right now it's 7525, yes. 7525, yes. Guys, this isn't even really about, you know, why I prefer DeSantis or anything. I'm pretty, I'm, you guys, I've, I've been pretty open about what I'm thinking. And I've also pointed out there's only two people I think that have a realistic shot at this nominee that are worth my vote. And he's the other one. So even if I preferred DeSantis, does it do me any good to have the only guy that I, the only other guy that I really consider to be a viable option suck on what I happen to think is the most important issue it at the moment? Not. It does not. Doesn't do, does it do the country any good, our kids any good? It does no good at all. None. And we can't have Bill Gates, guys. We can't have Bill Gates better on the jab than Donald Trump, all right? Can we all just agree on that? We know it's a scam. We know who Gates is. I'm not, we're not getting into motivations or any of that, but just as a top line, regardless of which of these two guys you're for or you're not made, you haven't made up your mind yet, fine. Can we all agree it does none of us any good for Bill Gates to be looking for the escape hatch on the jab before Donald Trump? Can we agree on that? Agreed. Agreed. Especially in light of the fact that he was just at a funeral where he was just confronted about this a few days ago. So I got a very nice email from a woman who said that, uh, where is she at? Laura says, um, I just had dinner with Eric Metaxas on Saturday night. And I spoke to him about organizing yourself, um, Bannon, Lindell, and others to go and do an intervention to Trump with the jabs. I sent to... You know what? I'm just going to tell you. I sent to my buddy Hogan Gidley, who was the communications director for the White House. Thomas Renz. Thomas Renz is an American hero, man. Like if Steve, if Steve Dace and Daniel Horowitz were lawyers and didn't do podcasts, we would have been, we'd have done what Tom Renz did the last few years. He helped to organize the guest panel for Senator Johnson's first subcommittee hearing on the jab a couple of years ago. Uh, he took the jab on in court and COVID stand and lockdowns on in court, beat him in court numerous times. Thomas Renz is a badass. He's also a massive Trump fan. And he sent me a note the other day saying, hey, whatever you can do, I just wrote an open letter to the president on my Substack that he's got to, he's got to be confronted with this and we need him. Can you help? I know you're a DeSantis guy. I like him too. He's my number two, but we really need Trump's attention on this. I said, I agree. Can you help? So... I texted it this morning to my buddy Hogan Gidley, who was Trump's communications director. He's not with the campaign right now, but he still obviously is very close to those people. We, we, have got, we have got to reach him on this. I think it is in all of our vested interests, regardless of our position on the upcoming primary or not. We have to stop these shots. We can't have transhumanist Elon Musk saying, hey, I got a jab. I, you know, the jab nearly wrecked me and nearly killed my cousin. And we can't have the architect, one of the architects of this depopulation scheme, Bill Gates out there admitting the truth now. And a guy who 
fairly decently has rep regard to fairly decently to excellently fair has represented us the last few years somewhere on that scale we could all agree fairly decently to excellently depending on how much of a fanboy you are or are not trump has been at, at, the, at minimum a decent representative of our values for us in the public sphere the last few years at minimum fair often accidentally but yes fair can't have therefore how many how what's the, what's the long line of people willing and waiting to take his place exactly oh as the pre, as yeah. the president of the united no, states no no as, uh, as a representative of our values in the public oh, yeah yeah uh, it, 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 there isn't one there's a few people in that line it's not a very long line though is it no it is not so it doesn't do us any good for him for us because eventually they're going to hang him with it And then that doesn't do us at all any good. None. We, we need him to come correct on this. I think that is incredibly important on the issue and for our own movement politically. All right. Final one before we uh, hit the break. Again, from Alexander Rogers. Oh, my gosh. Lindsey Graham shall henceforth <laughs> be called Gay McCain. <laughs> good with it. You good with it? Good with it? We had another uh, another submission. I cannot remember the, I'm the name of the listener. Down uh, by seller hold, it. by seller hold. John McCain voted for Katie Hobbs twice. Yeah, that's good too. That's depressing and true. Also, though, very good. Um, but uh, so we got Gay Eye Patch McCain, McCain and uh, Gay McCain. Gay McCain. Although Eye Patch McCain might also be Gay McCain, from what I've heard. Ooh. Ooh, come on, man! Come on. Who's not gay at this point? Who is not gay around here, for goodness sakes? Outside of South Carolina? Does anybody still like chicks? Does anybody still like chicks? Chicks don't even like chicks. I know. Like, they don't like themselves. That's the problem. So, yeah. My problem all my life is I liked chicks too much. Now no one likes them at all. Does anybody like chicks anymore? Nice job, everyone. Great work. But I'm buying on the game, McCain. My only hesitation is just complete disappointment in myself that I didn't come up with at first. And finding that photo with McCain and basically a Ukraine flag tie posthumously, that's, did you come up with that, Aaron? Or was no, that the submission? that was the submission. That is... That's Alexander. You can't do better than that. I mean, that, there's prophetic foreshadowing there on multiple levels. Daniel Horowitz is next. Winter mornings are brutal, so here's my tip for tackling the day in comfort. Grab brand new Tommy John loungewear and take cozy wherever you go. I wear a lot of Tommy John loungewear in here to do the show this time of year during the wintertime uh, because it is that cozy. Everything they do is very cozy and comfortable, including the best underwear I've ever worn. That's why when they gave me a few pair to try it for free a few years ago, I have gone back again and again and again and again out of my own pocket. That's the only underwear I, I wear or buy anymore these days. It's absolutely Absolutely fantastic. That's why they've got thousands of five-star reviews, over 20 million pairs of underwear mm-hmm. sold because people love Tommy John when they try it. And if you want to try it today, get 20% off your first order when you do. 20% off your first order today at TommyJohn.com Steve. Again, 20% off your first order, uh, Tommy John. 
com slash Steve. Let's bring in the prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you for joining us today. Appreciate it. Great to be back doing the work of 5,000 think tanks that grift for your money. <laughs> That's right. You know, imagine if we just had 10 or 20 of us. Right. We'll take over the country. I know, I know, I know. So you and I specifically timed our forthcoming book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, as best we could with the current supply chain issues, which now do appear to be alleviating somewhat. But when we, we finished this book last June, and that's how, that's how early we had to finish it to get it out this winter in time to impact yep. state legislatures. And specifically, we anticipated at least one House of Congress would flip in this election to put people who theoretically, at least, theoretically at least, should be more favorable to prosecuting the message of our book, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a new Nuremberg trial, so this never happens again. We framed it as a trial. It has an opening statement, a closing statement. There are witnesses called to testify in between. So today, um, Kevin McCarthy announced the select, Speaker McCarthy announced the select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government. So we wrote our book, brother, we literally wrote our book to get in the hands of people like this, not just the people in our audiences, but to get it in the hands of the people that could wield power and use the information in that book to some end of justice. Here are some of the names. Uh, Jim Jordan with a 94% Liberty score is the chairman of the committee. Thomas Massey with a 96% Liberty score is on the committee. Um, Chip Roy with a 100% Liberty score is on the committee. Uh, Dan Bishop with a 100% Liberty score is on the committee. Greg Stubbe, I think, has like a 94, 95% Liberty score is on the committee. Now, there are some stinkers on here. Yep. In, in Elise Stefanik and Daryl, I love me some, I love my trips to Davos, Issa, okay? But overall... And, and no one, Massey and, and Roy, as, as we do, can't really see them getting run over from the likes of Daryl Issa. Overall, dare I say, is this a good committee for what we are hoping to get accomplished, at least so, on the surface? So, Steve, I don't mean to tweak you there. I just want to clarify. There's two different subcommittees uh, that are special committees. That's the Weaponization of Government a Subcommittee uh, in Judiciary. Now, my hope is that they could <clears throat> venture into... COVID fascism, biomedical tyranny, it's definitely not the primary um, objective. The The committee, the subcommittee on, on coronavirus pandemic is in oversight under Comer, and it's not as good of a roster. But but just to round out your point, I do want to say the, the deal from McCarthy's end was kept. So you have Bishop and Massey and... Roy on that committee, three of the best guys, three of the guys that fought. I mean, Massey didn't officially, but kind of unofficially. And the other two uh, fought him for speaker. And then uh, Massey, Roy and Ralph Norman, one of the original five to say they're not voting for McCarthy, are on rules committee with enough to basically veto bad legislation on that. And then Ralph Norman was also made the speaker's designee on the budget committee. So, look, I mean, he was the original five and he got rules and and uh and and budget committee so he is keeping that and i think there is a lot of potential um now we just need a conservative movement that actually thinks of good ideas and focuses on substance to work with them so that's what i've been doing all week um i will say the subcommittee and oversight pandemic 
you have uh, Michael Cloud from Texas, who was one of the 20, and MTG uh, is on the committee. If she can get beyond kind of the Trump worship and focus on that, she has been good on the pandemic. The other names are not so good. So we do have work there, but we are working on that as uh, as we're speaking. What's more of a weaponization of government than coercing people into taking a poison and telling them they literally couldn't participate in civil society and have a job unless they did? What, what's, a, what's more of a weaponization than no. that, do you think? Steve, I mean, it was announced today from Michigan State University study. Yeah, we were talking uh, about it. 280,000. Yeah. Yeah, 280,000. That was just the first year. So it's probably about 450 now. But that's not a big deal. 450,000 killed, more mRNAs coming out in a couple of weeks, couple of months. No problem. The objected it, Mr. Trump. You know, the Trump, the documents, the documents. We need every committee investigating the documents. Um, Trump, Trump. Uh, that That's, you, you asked me what's more important. That's what's more important. So that is, I mean, <laughs> Let me just say this. I'm generally happy with the membership of that subcommittee, but I'm just going to say that originally, and and McCarthy did agree to this, it was supposed to be a separate committee, probably chaired by someone like Dan Bishop, not a subcommittee under judiciary chaired by the same as the chairman of the committee. But we'll see how that goes. I said this week on the show, uh, on Monday, the most important issue in the world is stopping these shots. There is nothing in this world man-made causing more suffering and carnage that we could directly, immediately impact right now and end to stop that suffering and carnage than these shots. And then there's the other hand here of, of the inflection point of unprecedented tyranny that these shots uh, introduced into Western civilization at the exact same time. Is that going too far? Do you agree or disagree with that? Steve, I can't think of a close second. And mind you, I just did a podcast with Julie Kelly on the rounding up of people, the political persecution. I mean, there's a, <clears throat> a lot of number two, three, four, and five issues that are greater than the number one issue of any other generation. But with that said, what do we believe in? At its core is life, liberty, and property. Life is number one. There is no greater life issue. I cannot, I have to pinch myself to even think we're living through this. Typically, when we think of life, it's been monopolized by the abortion issue. But the, but the thing with that is, is remember, nobody accidentally walks in somewhere and gets an abortion, is forced to get an abortion. And I don't think we're quite yet at the point, but we might be soon, where an OBG will just tell the patient, hey, you know what, you, you ought to get an abortion. I think you really need this. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas with the shots, even short of the hard mandates, which are still there, depending on the state and certainly you know hospitals and things like that, but the soft mandates, how they are coming out with an RSV mRNA shot. They are coming out with an, a litany of mRNA shots. We now, because of this, uncovered other therapeutics and lies for years of how certain pathogens, not just SARS-CoV-2, by the way, were likely created either by the vaccine itself, the production and the leaking of the vaccine, or the, the pathogen was created to create the vaccine. And that needs to be investigated by the subcommittee. Um, so they're unleashing pathogens. They're unleashing therapeutics. 
They're unleashing mRNAs, gene therapies, editing, gene editing, CRISPR technology. They own government. They are absolved of all liability. Government markets, promotes, and distributes, even short of the mandate. Mm-hmm. Every medical society, health department, aside from Florida, will promote them. You can't find – I have this problem. I have, four, I have four kids under 13. I can't find a pediatrician to go to um, that's not off the wall. I mean they and, – and a lot of them will kick you out of the practice, if not the COVID shots, but certainly any other ones. Uh, this is a – this is – I mean what we're talking about, 450,000 killed, 500,000, and it appears like it's accelerating. The, the long-term deaths are starting to kick in. That was the opening bid. I, I don't understand – Steve, this is not even issue number 10. Let me tell you, in West Virginia, we didn't even... We to set the stage, all- a Democrat presidential candidate hasn't won a single yeah. precinct, not county, precinct in West Virginia since 2008. Since 2008. Yes. Yeah. So let, let's set the stage here. Really, based on what we know, all of this technology in the pipeline should be banned. The people behind it should be hung. Everything needs to be put in place to make sure this doesn't happen. We're not even asking for that. Then the shots, at least the COVID shots, should be taken off the market. Not even that. So we can't even get the basic mandate stuff passed. And then in West Virginia, we couldn't even get the consensus like lockdown stuff. So, for example, we had a bill um, to limit. Right now, the governor could do what they want for 100 years. So the Senate said, all right, limit it to 90 days. The House is like 60 days. And we're like, well, what about 30 days? This is not the 1800s where it takes time to convene. If if there's something that is that compelling, then that decision needs to be made mm-hmm. by a legislative body, not one man. I mean, mm-hmm. this is something we should all agree emerging from the last three years. At a, the Republicans have an 88 to 12 majority. We can only get 31 the 88 Republicans supporting that 30-day, which is pretty generous, uh, unilateral declaration, and then a separate amendment to say during that period you ca- you cannot infringe upon life, liberty, and property. Okay, only 34 out of the 88. Then let's move on to South Dakota, where finally, um, you know, Representative Jensen deserves credit. He introduced our language in the book. That's in the book. That basically you can no one could be forced to take a medical procedure, prophylactic, uh, you know, device on their body. This would cover all this stuff and they cannot be discriminated against in the realm of public accommodation on account of exercising that right. So this is not even banning all private sector mandates. It's public and public accommodation. I mean, this is something this is the most bare bones liberty. Even if we didn't have the last three years, you should support that. Okay, Republicans have an 11 to 2 majority on the House State Affairs Committee. We got one Republican, one Republican, um, John Hansen, to support it. One. And all right, maybe you don't like constitutional amendments. Maybe you want to compromise, do a statute. No. So we are struggling to even deal with the mandates. It's like, imagine, like, okay, it, it comes clear they're selling hemlock. And we're like, hey, don't tase me, bro. Don't mandate the handlock. Not even to take it off the market. And we, we can't get support for that. This is the result of 40 years of a failed conservative movement that we don't have the infrastructure and the movement in most of these states to fight for anything beyond yeah. abortion. Yeah, you're right. 
Final thing. I did this in the overtime a couple of days ago. I'm going to do it here for the Gen Pop and for you. Proof that not only are the jabs negative efficacy, but they're actually more destructive than COVID-19 ever was. Okay. 2.1% of COVID infections ended up hospitalized. 2.1%. By the most, and I, I read numerous studies. Now I'm more in the John Ioannidis 0.2, 0.3 IFR camp, but even the most, we'll, we'll use the most profligate for their side data. You and I have done that throughout this to make our points. We'll do it here. We'll say that the IFR for COVID-19 was 0.6 before we stratify for comorbidity and, um, and age. All right. 7% of Americans told Rasmussen in a poll this week that they had had uh, suffered a, quote, major, that was the term, uh, adverse event because of the COVID jab, 7%. And, and I just want to add, CDC confirms that to be 7.7% Thank from their V-safe data. That, right on the money. That's over 12 million Americans. If we extrapolated that ratio worldwide, it would be over 330 million people. That would be the fourth largest country on earth behind the U.S., uh, India, number two, and China, number one. Fourth largest country on earth if we prorated that worldwide at the current dose to individual rate. That means, Daniel, that you have an over 200% more likelihood of suffering a major adverse event from the COVID jab than you ever did of being COVID hospitalized. It means you are more than 1,067% more likely to suffer a major adverse event from the COVID jab than to die because of COVID. It's not just negative efficacy. The jabs are worse. That data point right there proves once and for all, the jabs are worse than COVID ever was. I've got about a minute left. I'll give you the last word. Well, first of all, the same people who created one likely did the other. So they're swimming on the same side. Right. Also, let's not forget uh, the Delta variant clearly had a higher IFR. And we have that University of Marseille study that showed that Delta was prone to ADE enhancement from the vaccine. So the vaccine created the excess COVID deaths. Um, 10 of the 10 top, and, and this was a couple of weeks ago, so they do fluctuate. 10 of the top 10 countries, their de COVID death rates all had um, more than one dose per, or two, no, two doses per individual um, in the country if you added up the doses administered. So, dude, I don't understand how this is not even a back burner issue. I don't, I don't get it. But I will say this, we've reached a tipping point where the public knows so many people. Dude, Bill, knows Gates so many people. Is, Bill Gates is trying to do the, bar, the, the Homer Simpson <laughs> gif and, and shrink into the bushes on it. What does that tell you? That tells you all you need to know right there. Great yep. stuff, my friend. Appreciate you. Thank you. See you, la see you later. You bet. Again, the book comes out Valentine's Day. Uh, you can pre-order it right now. Rise of the Fourth Reich, confronting COVID fascism with a new Nuremberg trial so this never happens again. Pre-order it uh, via Amazon, Barnes & Noble, releases on Valentine's Day. Gentlemen, your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm especially happy uh, for uh, Daniel at the, with this book coming out because uh, I know you had to kind of talk him into it because of his uh, reputation of... Uh, uh, prophet of woe and lamentation and maybe that's bringing a step that you've been commenting on is is realizing that uh, this is really going to be uh worth it that the effort of simply being a voice crying out in the desert you know outcomes are always forgotten daniel knows that but that at the back end of this thing i'm glad daniel feels fulfilled by it you know we're you know we, we got to give bill gates some excuse me here credit 
He's actually said the same thing about the mRNAs for about the last, at least starting, I think about a year and a half ago. I believe it was in 2021, late 2021, they had to do some damage control on his comments on the mRNA, but Gates actually knew his own, I'm sorry, Gates actually knew uh, that that's that was kind of a sinking ship. He was one of the, uh, I wouldn't say first ones, and he hasn't been outspoken about it by all means. I mean, he's still in on the pandemia that COVID has become, but this is not the first time that he said this. What does that tell you? He's not out there saying we need to get rid of the mm -hmm. mandates. He's just saying it doesn't work, but peasants, hmm. I don't care. We have some bonus buy, sell, or hold for our supporters and subscribers uh, in the overtime. We're going to tape that now for the rest of you. We'll see you tomorrow. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.